0: Kia and this is Ordinary Life and I'm Kitty Bitten, and this is a program about people just getting on with their lives no matter what life tends to throw in their way and this week i am talking to the awesome kieran timms hi kieran hello kitty thank you so much for coming and talking to me because we met by chance uh probably a year or two ago now
1: yeah so so yes
0: yeah it's been a while and um we had a chat once and i and i thought you were very direct and but i quite i like to be direct (laughs) and um i just thought maybe you were a bit i don't know Northern, like me, but it turns out you told me something else. So um, do you want to just chat a bit about yourself, who you are, and why I asked you along?
1: How should I describe myself? Mm. (laughs) Well, I am definitely a local. I mean, I was raised in uh, Waikanae, I've lived here pretty much all my life, so... Yeah, I
0: met you down in Wellington, eh?
1: Oh, yes, that's right, Um, and I'm currently working in Wellington, so...
0: In and out on doing the daily commute.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. It takes about two hours off my life, so.
0: <laughs> oh, only two hours every day, mate. And um, you've got a, a hobby down in Wellington. Well, anywhere, really. Up on Carpety as well. Some people may have heard of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I am noticeable on a few radars, yes. Yeah. But um, one of my hobbies is um, stand up comedy. So I've been doing open mics um, on and off um, for the last. Um, Ever since 2015.
0: That's a long time.
2: Mm.
0: That's great. And we, I gave you a lift home one night and we were chatting and you told me, I think you said you were autistic. Is that how you would have described it? I can't remember.
1: Yes, I would describe myself as um, slightly autistic. i just say that I'm on the spectrum. So,
0: For people that don't understand what slowly autistic or on the spectrum means, would you mind explaining that for them?
1: Well, being autistic, it means um, we have trouble socializing and communicating with people. I mean, um, for example, we just have poor eye contact. um, And also we have trouble trying to um, speak as well as, um, you know, express ourselves in the proper fashion that most neurotypicals, um, normal people. (laughs) Sorry. No, it's all right. I guess people can't see my air quotes, can't they? Yeah, no, but
0: I, yeah, I know what you mean normal <clears throat> is such a, an overused word and people uh, exactly. talk about normal and I always want to go what the heck is normal? Does it bother you when people kind of like I I feel a bit uncomfortable even just saying could you describe what it is because <laughs> you know it's it's a very difficult thing to pinpoint, isn't it?
1: And mm. it's very difficult to describe some things these days, especially with um autism, so
0: because a lot of people hear the word autism and they immediately think of, I don't know, they think of uh, is it Rain Man the movie, <laughs> and they think of people being non-verbal and not speaking. But I mean, you're nothing like you're nothing like that.
1: It's a bit like I'm um, going up to, a, like for example, going up to Washman and saying, "You're from Wales, that's cool. I love Anthony Hopkins."
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And, uh, you know, obviously I I have Parkinson's, so clearly I'm just going to shake and I'm a big fan of Michael J. Fox and (laughs) nothing else. My own son's actually been, I've been told that he has ASD.
1: He's on the spectrum too.
0: He's on the spectrum. And we we, we struggled a bit at first because we kind of, we didn't know exactly what that meant. And um, getting a diagnosis is is really difficult, we Mm. discovered. So I have to be honest and say that we actually didn't bother because we kind of we greeted the view that we love our son mm-hmm. um but we kind of understood a little bit more about what made him tick and he understood us so he knew why he likes wrapping himself up in a blanket on the sofa and I would get really cross about it and come out and go could you stop doing that but then when I realized it was like oh you're doing that because of this that's cool and I and I also learned to stop Asking him questions and say things like, do you think you should get ready for school? And now I just say, put your shoes on and get your bag ready. Because that works for him. Hmm. Um, But I know it's not the same for everybody and it's different. See, I'm talking way too much now. This should be all about you. (laughs) um, No, I mean, I
1: do love listening as well as talking, so.
0: I mean, how did it affect you when you were a child?
1: You mean before um, I was told that I have aspuges.
0: Yeah, did you get a proper diagnosis then and
1: I did get a proper diagnosis when I was ten years old. Um mm. it was by chance, uh, when my special needs teacher, um she told my parents that the great doctor Tony Atwood um, was actually visiting New Zealand and well one day, um, we managed to um get a booking with him in Paiura and that's where um and he was able to talk me th- down and um discussed with my parents you know about what made me tick and they um they actually confirmed uh, my teacher's um you know thoughts because she believed that i actually had either autism or asperger's so Mm. and i was and i wasn't told about this until i was about 13 years old so
0: that must have been quite hard for you
1: well to have been told that i have asperger's yeah Yeah, I mean, I sort of regretted it at first um, when I first heard about it, and I just thought that, um, you know, there's something wrong with me, and, you know, I just had difficulty accepting myself, so...
0: Yeah, I know my my son um, had some issues at school, and he had issues with other people and communicating with other people. Mm. Um, And he had a lot of difficulty... Well, he still does have a lot of difficulty in making friends. And... um, Mm. We had a long conversation where, you know, he said, there's something wrong with me. And I said, no, there isn't anything wrong with you. You are just you. And Mm -hmm. this means that I now understand you and you understand me. You know, because I'm as weird to him as, you know, he he says to me, why do you behave like this, mum? Why do -hmm. you do this? And I'm like, why do you do that? And we know I go, ah, that's why. And if anything, it brought us closer together, mm. you know. Um, and it explained a lot of things like why he would sit separately from his siblings mm. and stuff. But he was perfectly happy, mm. which I, I struggled with. We've talked about Asperger's and autism and being on the spectrum. And because Asperger's used to be a separate thing entirely, didn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. And and now it's part of autism. Mm. Yeah. You
1: know. Like I said, um, it can be um very difficult um to try to explain things, but um yeah, I mean I thought that um autism, um and Asperger's were two entirely different things until um very recently when you know you know, these sorts of labels, I mean doesn't really matter. I mean we're all disabled um in one form or the other. Mm.
0: So do you see it as a disablement?
1: Well, in the very beginning, I do see it um, as a very um, strong impairment. Like, um, it, you know, I just felt like I was, like I was um, crippled—not um, physically, but uh, mentally. Like, um, I'm just at a loss. You know, I just don't know. You know how to um, talk to people. I couldn't even, you know, bring in a sentence without um, two pauses. So, mm. <laughs> yeah. But um, growing up, I mean, it has gone a little bit easier now. I mean, um, at least now in the present that um, everyone is accepting. So
0: so do you find people are more accepting <laughs> these days? There's more understanding about it?
1: From the eyes of an adult, yeah.
0: But it's, it's difficult as a child, eh?
1: And I had a lot of um, coping mechanisms, I mean, growing up. I mean, like, for example, um. Well I still do but um, most of the time I used to recite um, film and TV and certain TV shows and films I actually recite them perfectly not just lines but um, but emotions, accents, tones and I just do it you know it's a bit like a form of um, Tourette's actually.
0: Yeah because they do say that People who are on the spectrum um are often maybe have something that they're is it, what's it called hyper attention or hyper interest mm. and um yeah like my my son's a huge eurovision fan <laughs> and and I just thought he liked eurovision and mm. then I realized he he really really likes eurovision and and he could and this is before I knew, and I mm. just thought, how does he know all this stuff and yeah, and then it all made sense yeah and people go wow he he really knows his stuff eh? <laughs> but this you do something else that is uh, is not usually expected of people who are, uh, are neurodiverse or on the spectrum whatever label we're going to kind of lump on people because mm. I, I i mean i despise labels because i i just like people to be people but um
1: to be themselves
0: well yeah and sometimes you might go hey I, I've noticed something about you and and then they'll go, oh, yeah, th- this happens to me sometimes. You know, maybe you're sick. Maybe you can't hear. Maybe you can't, you know, but but we met in Wellington at. um
1: Yeah, oh, I believe oh, we was, was, was at a raw Meet Monday um down in uh, Wellington.
0: It was a comedy night, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, we we're not in the audience, were we?
1: I think one of us was performing, either you or me, but I can't remember which. I
0: remember we were both performing. I'm clearly that memorable. (laughs) Well, now that I mentioned it. Yeah. I remember meeting you and you were like, oh, I'm Karen Timms. And I was like, oh, I know your dad. And then then we had this chat. And um, so you do stand-up comedy. That's right. And that's not something you usually think of when you think of people that... Difficult well, to communicate.
1: Well, it's not for everyone, that's for sure. I mean, wherever you're on the spectrum or not.
0: Yeah. Why did you do it?
1: Well, it's a bit of a long story, um, but um, can I go to my previous discussion with the um, reciting TV and film? Absolutely. Because people noticed that I can actually recite film and TV. Um, in college, um, I was approached by my teacher to suggest that I should do um, theatre sports as well as... Um, as well as um acting so
0: and what's theater sports oh
1: it's kind of like a um improv sort of class Mm -hmm. um you know that really helped me um out of my comfort zone and i also did a bit of um theater theater as well um in college um i did a couple of shows in 2004 uh, for cavity playhouse
0: oh wow what did you do
1: uh i was a western as a um as a young kid and, um, Aladdin as the uh, grand vizier. So, oh wow, but I wasn't <laughs> the bad guy. I mean, this is pantomime, not.
0: <laughs> I imagine you'd be quite good at that. How does one go from pantomime to stand up comedy?
1: Well, it was actually it took a little bit longer than that because, um, I took a break from acting, um, for about six years. Then a friend of mine, um, from college asked me to come along to, um, be an extra on his short film and. They got the acting bug up again. So, (laughs) and then I did a few, um, minor sort of roles, extra roles. Um, but it wasn't until I met an actor called Colin Holloway. Um, he suggested that, um, I should go and try, um, I should try stand up comedy because he does it as well. So, Mm. and when I did my first, um, (laughs) when I did my first, um, stand up, which (laughs) it wasn't at uh, the French Bar, it was at, um, it was at a, bar called um snms they actually they used to do um open mics there and uh, really got me out of my comfort zone to speak about myself um, make jokes about myself and other things so it really helped me um got to socialize more
0: and i've seen you perform and um yeah i've always found you really funny Mm. uh your material just about it's mostly just about life isn't it and just getting on with yeah
1: yeah, can't argue with it.
0: Um, do, do you want to do anything more with it? I mean, do you want it to be discovered, and or is it a hobby? Or
1: well, I'd like to uh, do it as a hobby, but I mean, mm. if it carries me a little bit more, then you know I'm open to it. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind um, doing a spot on the classic up in Auckland.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I think, one of my that's one of the that. things on my bucket list. If you're listening, we're both available. <laughs> <laughs> and we're very funny. <laughs> I mean, you seem quite comfortable in yourself now. Yeah. And, and who, I mean, are you happy? Happy? You said you talked about being a child and through, and then seeing it through the eyes of an adult. Do you feel more comfortable as a person?
1: Well, not a hundred percent comfortable, but I am reasonably comfortable now. So
0: that's okay. Neither none of us are one hundred percent comfortable. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But- you know, especially with the uh, little things that um, impacted my life, like comedy, acting, um, as well as doing Outward Bound.
0: Oh, wow, you did an Outward Bound course.
1: Back in um, 2014, mm-hmm. I was in the McKenzie Watch, so...
0: Tell me about that. How how was that?
1: Definitely a game-changer. Even for a man on the spectrum, it was a game-changer. It was a way to bring me out of my you know comfort zone.
0: You've clearly worked really hard on pushing yourself... Yeah. Yeah, do you think that's what people should do if they find themselves, you know, struggling maybe sometimes?
1: Absolutely. Especially since I've been um, exercising more and more now, so... Mm. I mean, I I was actually a big kid um, growing up, so... Oh,
0: really? Well,
1: not obese, but, um, you know, yeah. overweight sort of kid. And I really didn't like to... Um, <laughs> I didn't really like to play sports at all, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean... Every time we always had to play, um, touch rugby or, um, soccer or anything, I just chickened out and I just, and I did my bit for social distancing.
0: So <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. I mean, that's what I did. Um, I actually walked out of classrooms. Um, yeah, just practicing social distancing. And <laughs> I gotta say You're this
0: ahead of your time, Karen. I know. 15
1: yeah. years of experience. are really paid off in two years. <laughs>
0: So what induces you to go do an outward bound course you know you, you know you hate sport you don 't like you know you didn 't like exercise but
1: it was actually my um parents who um persuaded me so i mean my dad um he used to do um rotary and he i think he did sponsor i think he mentioned um outward bound quite a few times, but I never got around to it but um when I was uh really struggling for work um I, back in the day um you know what have I got to lose? And the, when I actually had to run that very first day, when I got <laughs> off the Fury, I mean that really started to get me out of my comfort zone. I ran, I swam, and then I had to, um, I had to row out into the open seas. And this the, all um, sounds hideous. Yeah, and the, <laughs> it really shocked me in a big way. So
0: you you're a braver man than me.
1: <laughs> I know. But, um, getting back to the original question um has it uh, made me comfortable now, and I'd say yes, and it did push me um you know considering that I'm now running more, I'm now doing cardio more i have even I've even been able to do pull ups now so
0: oh wow i mean you you are looking very trim, yeah, you know, I have to say, what are your thoughts about the future and um you know where do you see yourself
1: well, I'd say. For the foreseeable future, still breathing. but That's
0: good. Yeah, I, I always like that answer.
1: <laughs> but who knows? I mean, um, I'm ready for whatever the future takes me. So.
0: And what do you think about people who are, like, scared of autism or being on the spectrum or, you know, you hear about those people saying, don't have your MMR because your child may be autistic? and.
1: What's MMR.
0: It's measles, mumps, and rubella um, immunisation, and there was a lot of people saying incorrectly. I hasten to add that your child may have autism if because you of give, MMR, because of this injection, or it's all, But that's the word that tends to come up when these people talk about anti-vax. It was things like you could be autistic if you have this, and, and I, oh. I personally, I think it's better than being dead. <laughs> but, that's true. Do you have any message for people that scaremonger about it, autism, as if it's a terrible, bad thing?
1: Well, I would say just don't be afraid of it. I mean, I mean, I mean, you could have had worse. I mean,
2: mm.
1: but um,
0: does it make you feel a particular way? Like, does it make you angry, or do you just disappointed? Or
1: well, sometimes we do get a little bit. Um, disappointed and um one of the worst things um you know that could happen to a autistic person is um we would sometimes feel like we've been judged all the time Mm. like there's always you know you know partially why we don't look people in the eyes is because you know we're afraid of being judged all the time like we did something wrong or you know feel criticized
0: right or people asking you to do radio interviews, and yeah yeah,
1: and also yeah, and arguments, yeah, we always try to get as far away as we can from arguments, I mean, mm. like for example, when two people are arguing like whether it 's my family or if it 's strangers, you know, I just sometimes I'll be at a loss, I just you know i don 't know how to deal with it, but mm. um at least i got master class so i 'm studying um the ways of negotiation. So trying to, um you know, break down these arguments myself, yeah. just knowing where and when. So
0: that's really interesting. So if you could change it and take it away, would you?
1: No, I wouldn't. But so to answer the original question is, you know, just don't be afraid. I mean, yeah. you know, you just gotta. You just got to, as the Americans would say, play the hand that you are dealt. So, Mm.
0: yeah, I'm a big believer in that too.
1: I mean, who knows? I mean, uh, sometimes, um, I mean, there are good things that will come from the bad, as well as the bad will come from the good. You know, (laughs) just, just gonna embrace it. You Mm. know,
0: because you are who you are. Because, um, yeah.
1: I mean, even the good and bad things in life, they can be a gift. You know.
0: Yes. Strangely, mm. I do. So, Garen, I am sat talking to you, and you are clearly really well spoken and articulate, and you come across as really confident. Mm. And you are, you know, obviously it's radio, but you know, we're looking at each other a lot, and I think you are looking at me and looking away as much as I am. Mm. Um, and I can tell you that I also sometimes feel uncomfortable about some of the things that we're talking about. Mm. So, have you have you worked on this, or is it?
1: Yes, I have. You know because like I said I mean all the little things in life um that's really made me who I am, you know whether it's um acting or um or Albert bound or I took up a course recently called um aspire Two, which is about um workplace um and communication and and helping out other people i mean um it did um you know open a few more do- doors in me so mm. Yeah, it did really help me out, um, and you know, you, to make me feel comfortable now with um, with conversations with other people. So,
0: and do you find it makes a difference when you do meet people? If it, I mean, do you ever offer it up as a, or, or do you just say nothing and wait for people to who are rude like me who just say, <laughs> "Oh, is everything all right? Are you okay?" <laughs>
1: well, sometimes I just like listening to people as well as um, talking to them, but yeah i mean it is hard you know to try and start a conversation or into or to introduce a new topic Mm. but um yeah i mean uh, as long as i'm talking to people more and more you know it just seems to be a little bit more comfortable you know because i'm learning to trust them now so
0: and is there anything that people can do to help you or make you feel more at ease
1: you know just to be themselves really i mean so there's no secret ingredient to uh, know helping out so Mm. i think um the one thing that i would have to say is that um you know you should learn to trust them you know because um because in my current work i'm not going to say what it is but um in my current work um i mean money's never been a big motivation what i've been working for is um you know build a working relationship you know build a Good character relationship Mm. because um, I would say the money aside, I'd say the best currency to have these days is trust.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, learning to trust people. Mm. You know, I mean, it's wherever you help them and they'll be able to help you in return.
0: I'd say that's very important. It's been an absolute delight talking to you, and thank you. I, I am so grateful that you came in and, and talked to me about it. I'm really and genuinely grateful.
1: Well, thank you very much. And um, I just got to say that I'm actually grateful that um, that this is my first radio appearance um, in my hometown, no less.
0: <laughs> I am sure they're going to love it.
1: Yeah, and I guess I do appreciate you know where I'm living right now. So in my you know, where I've been living my whole life. So, mm. you know, just couldn't imagine any other place um, to grow up in. Yeah,
0: Kapiti's but... great, eh? Mm. And today Kapiti, tomorrow the world. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, who knows? Uh,
0: if you want to catch up on any of the previous programs, they are available at cursedaccessradio.org.nz or you can find them on my website at kittyfittin.com. And that's been Karen Tim's Karen. Do you have a favorite song that you would like us to finish the program with?
1: Since I've been exercising, I've been listening to a lot of 80s songs. So there is one that caught my attention is um, Dreams of Ordinary Men by Dragon.
0: For the real Kiwis. Thank you. The program was made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.org.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.